I'm Asan, and this is The Market on the 9320 Player. Silly season is nearly upon us. Well, I mean, it is upon most other football clubs on the planet, but we've got two big trophies still to play for, so it isn't quite upon us, but it's very close. Uh, Joining me to begin to take a look at how the summer might shape up for City, and also a little chat about what's going on around us, I've got Lloyd. Afternoon, mate. Afternoon. Big boys still playing football. Yeah, big boys are still playing football. I'm I'm going to jump jump straight in since you've said it like that. Do you think it makes a difference to our business what happens in these next two games? Yes, and I'll tell you why. I think it might influence outgoings potentially, which would then influence who we need to buy. Yeah. I will go along with that. Because I think, I think if, we win, if we win a treble, you know, I think that might push certain players, your Bernardos, maybe your Gundogan's, depending on what's going on there, to go, you know what, that feels like a natural close. Mm. Um, so, yeah. I do, think it, I do think it works the other way around as well in terms of incomings. I think that we're in a funny position where I would have us as probably the most desirable destination in the Premier League right now. But at the same time, the competition this summer feels like it's going to be very fierce for players. It feels as though United, Chelsea, Arsenal, Liverpool are all already positioning themselves in the market. And I think that it's just feels like a little bit of an easier sell and even an easier decision from the player's point of view. I think that if you're, I won't name any players specifically, but in general, if you're a footballer, the, the, the pros of joining Man City are obvious, but the cons to joining Man City are a little bit obvious too. And I think that just having the treble bagged, beating United, being in, having those two trophies, so the players that you're signing can say comfortably, well, look, I'm joining the European champions. I think that I think that mm. does make a difference. I think particularly the Champions League because yeah. I, there's an element of monkey off the back. I think we go into the Champions League pretty much every season as favourites, yet we've never won it. Yeah, now, I agree. If we, if we win it, I think then a, a player signing will feel more confident that we will win it again. Um, rather than if for whatever reason, and I fucking hope it doesn't happen, we lose to Inter um, on the 10th of June. Swearing in the first 15 minutes during the preview. Howard would kill me. Yeah, he's going to have to censor that, I, I believe. I'm going to have to let him know that nearly three minutes into the podcast, Lloyd dropped an F-bomb. I mean, I like it. I approve. I've got a potty mouth, but I've learned to wait until after the, uh, <laughs> after the 15. Uh, okay, so look. Uh, first question, What the way that we're going to do this is I asked this morning on Twitter for questions and we got a bunch of really good questions. So rather than us having our own agenda and then trying to squeeze the questions in at the end, we're almost going to shape our agenda around the questions. So the first one that's popped up is what's the most important addition for City this summer in terms of role or position? Is that from Lawless? Yes. Mm-hmm. Very good question, isn't it? I think, I think for me it has to be a centre mid, and I think that obviously a bit depends on who leaves. But I think irrespective, 
we 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 need to regenerate the midfield anyway. I think most of us, and look, people can listen back to the pods we did, me and you, over last summer. I was saying we needed to sign a midfielder last summer. I think we absolutely need to sign one this summer. And even if, say, Gundo stays, Bernardo goes, I still think we definitely need to sign one anyway. So I'm slightly fearful that Stefan's going to come around the corner with a um, with a axe that says left back on it and hack me down. But <laughs> I think the the way that we've kind of got through this season, the move defensively on the structure, the emergence of Ake, I, I still think we sh- we need to sign a, a, a genuine left-back, but I would have a centre-mid as the number one. So I am going to respectfully disagree. My opinion has changed in the last month. Uh, I feel as though quietly the most important addition is going to be a winger this summer i think that we find ourselves in a position where we have a lot of um versatile players that can that can fill in on wings but i think that we need to focus on a specialist winger and the reason that i say that is because having seen foden's performances in recent weeks i think it's time, and I'm just going to bang this drum now, I think it's time Mm. that Guardiola and everybody involved at Manchester City go, all right, next season is not a season where Phil gets shuffled left, right, center, depending on who's fit, who's injured, and who's available. He's too good for that. He is technically probably your best footballer alongside Kevin De Bruyne. So you have to now begin to figure out how you want to develop and use him. And of all the, even if the final decision ends up being, I want to use him as a winger, you can't use him as a utility winger. You can't go, well, Grealish's first choice on the left and Mahrez's first choice on the right and Phil will fill in whenever somebody has a dip in form. No, you have to pick one for one side, and you have to say on the other side, you've got to fight now because Phil Foden is going to fight you for that shirt. Um, So that's the manner in which I've come round to the winger chat. I think that in terms of centre mid, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts, but I actually feel as though Gundo stays. I don't know what it is that's made me decide that, but I'm... I'm at 90, 95% that even if we win the Champions League, Gundo's going to end up staying. I I just kind of look around. I, I always had the sense that he himself was just desperate for a new challenge. And I, I get the sense from the stories that have been written and planted in in recent weeks that he's actually really happy in Manchester. And there was even a story recently that said that his wife is very happy in Manchester and they feel very settled. And actually what they all they want is a, a commitment of two years from City. I think he'll get that and I think he'll stay. And I think that that will massively uh, relieve some of the centre midfielder pressure. Fair, yeah, yeah. So on, I mean, so on Gunday, first of all, I think that Jonathan Northcross story is probably the one, isn't it? Where that's the, that felt like the first time where the dial really shifted back to maybe Gundo's going to yeah. stay. Um, 
So, I mean, look, I'm absolutely praying that that's the case. And yeah, I think his wife actually tweeted um, kind of in response to like a Daily Mail story or something, saying that she's she's happy in Manchester, young family. Yeah. So, look, fingers crossed. I'm not 90, 95% like you, um, just because the narrative has been very much the other way. But I, I expect we'll know pretty soon after June 10th. Um, yeah. They'll just be waiting until then. On Foden, I mean, mate, I think me and you are in agreement here. I, I, th- I guess my caveat that I didn't add to the centre mid thing is obviously what they want to do with Phil. If the plan is to move Phil into midfield, then yeah, I think a winger then is obviously way up the priority list. And to be fair, Foden's actually played a decent a bit of football in centre mid over the last couple of months. It's Indeed. feels like the first time... Apart from like Carabao games, where he's actually been used in that position. Now I know that it's been you know in kind of weird games where we've mostly won the league or whatever. But he has seen a lot more minutes in centre mid, so I'm all aboard that train. I, I, that's where I want him to start playing. I think it makes sense for the squad. I think it makes sense for Phil actually as well. So yeah. I'd be I'd be very happy with Foden being moved over. Um, I'd just like to see that those words kind of in an article or something from someone that we know we can trust over the summer because that yeah. would um, think that would kind of give everyone a bit of a bit of security. I think for for me, I think the big thing has been kind of watching his performances of recent. It really feels as though something has clicked with him in terms of the realisation that maybe he was slipping in the packing order or that he was becoming more of a a luxury utility player rather than a player who is central and integral to Guardiola's plans. That's not to say that Pep doesn't rate him, but you, you see what I'm driving at. There's the, There's a... There's a line in the middle there, and I think that Foden has been treading it, and I think that he needed to begin a show performances on the pitch that made it that reminded us all just of how good he actually is um and I really feel that we've seen that and that's really shifted my it shifted the dial for me in terms of it's put the onus back on Pep to go okay you you have to figure out how to use him it's probably going to be your biggest job this summer is integrating Phil into a team um in a position that allows him to play on in the same team and on the same pitch as Jack Grealish, it cannot be an either-or situation. That, for me, will be totally unacceptable if it becomes either Phil or Grealish. I ain't going to argue with that. Cool. Excellent. Um, so, if Gundo does go, I will say this. I think if Gundo goes, does go, then... Oh, then it's centre mid. Yeah, so I, I've... I'm going to posit a theory to you, right? And and I think that this is how I'm beginning to look at Gundo and Bernardo. If Bernardo Silva leaves, we have to sign two players to replace him. And if Gundo leaves, we have to sign two players to replace him. Does that make sense to you? Is that because in Bernardo's case, he's so versatile that he's kind of need two players anyway? Whereas in Gundo's place, even though he is equally versatile... Um, what he adds being able to play just in midfield as like six, eight, ten um, and minutes 
is also kind of the factor. I think it's a combination of of the two for for Gundo. I think it's it's partially about the with Bernardo. It's purely a utility thing. I think the reality is that he plays as a world class wide playmaker, or he plays as a world class central playmaker, um, and there is almost none of those out in the market. And also, I just think purely from a characteristic point of view, you you've got in Phil Foden a fella who can do a bit of both in the squad. So I think that when when Bernardo goes, because I think it's not a question of if with him, I just think it's just a question of when he goes. Um, when he goes, I think we need to go and sign a winger and then we need to sign a centre midfield player to replace what he brings to centre midfield. And I think with Gundo, the reality is that you've got to sign either somebody like Alexis who can play six, eight and ten, or you've got to go and sign an uh an eight and a six or an eight and a 10. Uh, no, an eight and a six. I think you've, you've got to go and sign an eight and a 10, uh, eight and a six. So yeah, I think that, I think both of them, between the two Bernardo, of them- pro- Bernardo more so than me, I, I would say. I think Gundo, you can get, if we get the signing right, we should be able to hopefully do it in one. Bernardo, yeah, he's two players, basically. Um, yeah. So- so three for three for the two. Let's let's be let's 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 find a compromise let's not get in the too, middle. Too greedy, eh? Yeah. No, I mean, you know, there's there's greed, and then there is the actual factual reality of how small the squad is and already the space in the squad. Yeah, and then the actual factual reality of on the one hand we got a really small squad, and on the other hand, key components of it might walk out the door this summer, and so. You have to be cognizant, not just of quality, but also numbers as well. Agreed. Well, actually, you know what? I'm going to take the reins. That leads us to a really good question by Kurt, which says, we got so lucky with injuries this past season and key players have looked dead on their feet at points. Surely the numbers have to go up in the squad. Can we have squad rotation players that Pep actually trusts? I think we can, but they. I th- I think that we. That's where we'll see what I would consider to be project signings. I think that the idea of having a world class thirty one year old Riyad Mahrez as that guy doesn't really work because those fellas their egos are too big and they're just not going to have it. What you need to do for those project signings is drop down a level and go, okay, who is a young, talented, hungry player who is just going to be grateful to be at Manchester City but isn't addicted to Kentucky Fried Chicken? If you can find a fella like that, then I think that you're uh, you're laughing. That's the type of profile that I'd be looking at. But I completely agree that we need the key is players that Pep trusts. Now, I think in the main, our recruitment has been really good uh, under Big Aristine and certainly in the Guardiola era. Obviously, Phillips was a mistake. Um, there's been one or two more, but in the main, we've we've got them right. What I'd love to see is one or two like Leroy Sane when we sign Leroy Sane. One or two that just, you know, you feel like they're on the cusp of something special, they're young enough and they're hungry enough that they'll come and they won't immediately demand a first team place, but they have quality so that they can like make Alvarez, an impact. Then. 
Yeah, exactly. I think, look, uh, if you ask me the biggest fuck up of the last 18 months, and I'm 16 minutes in, so I can certainly swear, is um, not signing Enzo Fernandez 12 months ago. That they will look back at as an appalling decision, considering he was going for 10 million. That's just staggering that you take Alvarez. You know how old Gundogan is. You know Bernardo Silva's been desperate to leave for years. You, you haven't signed Calvin Phillips at that point either. Why wouldn't you take him when, when the opportunity was there? I think that there's a, um, the quote that was given by the South American scout was City weren't sure where he would get the minutes. Figure mm-hmm. it out. Thanks for listening to the first 15 minutes of the show. To listen to the full podcast and all our content, including reviews, previews, analysis, quizzes and much more, go to 9320.com to sign up now or simply click the link in the description. So what are you waiting for? Go to 9320.com now for the best, most passionate, impartial coverage of Manchester City and beyond.